0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Coach's Corner. I have another really inspiring talk with an incredible woman, Patricia Moreno. And next week on Coach's Corner, I'll be back answering some of your questions. So let me tell you about this incredibly inspiring woman that you're going to hear from today. We talk about goal settings. We talk about calling in the one and how it can look different than you thought. And we talk about answering the question of what am I here to do with my life in a way that brings you clarity and inspires you to take steps forward. So a little bit more about Patricia, as she rose up the ranks to star status in the fitness industry, she found herself trapped in a vicious cycle of body consciousness, resorting to extreme exercise and dieting to maintain her appearance. She thought, here I am doing all these crazy things behind the scenes and preaching exercise and diet, and it's not working for me. Recognizing at rock bottom that there must be millions of people suffering just like her and thinking it was their fault, Patricia realized she wanted to find a way to help people train the body as a vehicle, not just an ornament. Her mission to reshape the fitness industry has led her to create the Intensanti Method, the first program to combine positive affirmations with physical training and the concept of spiritual fitness. Patricia knows how crucial it is to consider the power of the mind, heart, and spirit in our workouts. And you'll hear in this interview, in our life, because the body in our life is going to change shape over our lifetime. Our goals change and our relationships to our goals need to change as well. I know you're going to love hearing Patricia's story and all her inspiring tips for inspired and intentional action. Patricia, welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah, we were just talking before we started recording that we have a gazillion mutual friends. We've known about each other Uh for years, and now we're finally getting the chance to play together. And I'm very excited about that. So thank you. Yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) So in this world of multitasking, and as women, we're really, really good at that. At least we think we're good at that. But you and I, again, before we started recording, we're talking about the importance of maybe not doing that so much and really lasering in and focusing on one thing that's really important to the, to us. And that's something that you really have incorporated in your own life and have seen the results of. So can you talk a little bit about your experience with getting laser focused on one thing that you really want to bring into
1: reality? Yeah. You know, I've always had a hard time picking goals. I I always felt very vulnerable and scared about, like, what if I don't get it? And what if it doesn't work out? And it's always been some, a really tricky area for me and really the women that I've been working with for so many years. And there was this point in my life where I got to really clear about there are just certain things that when I finally got that they were non negotiables, like there are those goals that I had, and then there were the non negotiables. And when I realized what a different person I am towards the non negotiable dreams, I started to realize that that's really where I wanted to focus my attention. And then I could have like the other goals, but to develop myself as someone who could activate excellence and determination, all those things we read about, right? Mm-hmm. When you're like, pursue your goal with passion, never give up. And there's just the dreams that can, that can activate that within us. And when we find those, we really do see what it means and it feels like to be inspired, to be aligned, to be really like tapped into a mission of purpose. And When I look back at my life, I really can find some very clear examples of that. And I have, you know, I, I could say I could probably count them on two hands, Mm. the the times that I've been, and probably even fewer than that. But so I'll give an example. Yes, When I was uh, trying to get pregnant, I wasn't married yet. And it was like, tick, tock, tick, tock. Like it, it was at that time where it was like, okay, if I don't do it now, this is not ever going to happen. It's like the house is on fire kind of, kind of <laughs> feeling. And I hadn't thought about it and I wasn't really pushing for it. And it wasn't, you know, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe one day. And there just was this moment where like, oh my gosh, now, but I wasn't dating anybody. And it just seemed like, okay, am I going to do this alone? Or am I going to try to find the one and have a baby? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I just thought, I had to really get clear. I'm like, okay, what's really the dream? What's really the dream? I'm like, the real dream is really to birth a child, to have a child. But if I'm telling the truth, the real dream is to do it with the one. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, but that's so big and so hard. And I just thought, but that's the dream and it's the time. And the time is now. And if I don't do it now, this dream is going to be, have to be shelved. And so I decided to really just put not have all of these little goals. You know the kind of goals. I don't want to lose ten pounds. Mm. I want to make another, you know, twenty thousand dollars this year. Or maybe I want to get my new apartment. Like those kind of goals that didn't have any fire with me within me and i just thought okay this is it and there was like this stake in the ground and i just saw who i became like i teach fitness classes i teach this class called intensati and intensati sati means mindfulness and ten means intention and it really is about learning to align heart body and mind with the things that are most important to you and so i would start every class with this like dharma talk or this like just just a theme and my my promise to myself was i'll always talk about what i'm working on while i'm in the process not just after like oh i achieved this goal but to state my goal at the beginning of the journey so that i could talk through the process with my community and so i said okay guys this is my goal my goal is to meet the one and uh, have a baby and i hadn't dated anybody for like 5 years which was super, super long for me. I was always like a serial dater was always in relationship. That was never an issue. So I was like freaked out, like, Oh my gosh, now I'm too old. It's never going to work. Like all of the crazy fears that we get really hooked on when things aren't going our way. And I announced it in class and I said, anybody who sets me up, I went on match.com. I told all my friends, like I really did all the things that any book that would tell you if you want to meet somebody would do. And it wasn't working out. And I knew that I didn't just want to have a child on my own. And so I was getting freaked out, worried, Mm. like, oh my gosh, it's not going to happen. Like not one person in my class. And I see like hundreds of people a week not 1% person in my class set me up. I ended up dating this guy on match and he was dating like literally 20 other women at the same time. And it just was like disaster everywhere. I looked and I started to really lose my faith and get really scared. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, okay, I'm looking at this all the wrong way. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to change the way I'm looking at this. Cause obviously this is just not working. So instead of, walking around like, I hope somebody picks me. Oh my gosh, is anybody going to like me? And having this kind of like victim mentality or pity party, I decided I was going to write every day, a letter to the one I Mm -hmm. called it the one. And I said, Um, I know you're out there. Every day I would sit in Starbucks before I would go teach a class and I would get myself into this state. I would be like crying in Starbucks and I'd be like, I know you're out there. I know you're looking for me. I know that you're looking for me just like I am looking for you. I know you are. And I just want you to know I'm here. I'm looking for you. I'm going to find you. Don't worry. Don't stress. And when we meet each other, we're going to recognize each other and we're going to know. That we are the ones, you know, it was things like that. Or when we meet, we're gonna travel around the world, we're gonna all the things that I wanted. But the switch was that I had to shift the perspective from, is anybody gonna pick me? Mm -hmm. To shifting, wow, there's somebody out there that's my perfect match who is actually as just at stake, like really, really wants to find me, like me personally they're looking for me just like I'm looking for them. And it really shifted my being. It Mm -hmm. shifted my state. It was no longer, Oh, poor me. But it was like, I have to find this person. This person's suffering and worried. They're not going to find me and we're going to find each other. And it was interesting because I ended up, so I was dating men. I ended up marrying a woman. So I've gone both. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, um, I'm married to a woman now, but I was dating men and I really thought it was going to be men. I had been in a relationship with a woman for seven years. And one of the reasons looking back why I had kind of made that unconscious decision, like, Oh, it's going to be men. was because the woman that I'd been dating for seven years, just like broke my heart, Mm. like out, like in pieces, like Mm. absolutely nobody had broken my heart ever like that. And I think unconsciously I had thought, oh my gosh, women break your heart, men don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I met this woman and she was asking me out and I said no. And then I went home one day and just started crying, like bursting, crying for like literally an hour on the kitchen floor. And the next day I was talking with a friend and they said, why don't you just go out with this woman who's asking you out? What's the big deal? And I said, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go out with her. What's the big deal? Like, just go out with her. You never know. But I wasn't having a feeling for it. Right. And here I am writing these letters. We'll recognize (laughs) each other. And I'm expecting this like fireworks. Well, I ended up going to we were going to the Hamptons because I was teaching in the Hamptons. And when we got to the Hamptons, it's like about uh, a two hour drive. When we got to the Hamptons, we literally like got out of the car, unpacked our things. And we sat down and I looked at her and I was like, it's you. I recognize you. Yeah. (laughs) And she said, yes, I've been trying to get your attention all this time.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: and it was just kind of one of those really magical moments. Because when I look back, I see how the chain of events happened. You know, my heart was closed. So when your heart is closed, you just can't even see what's really right in front yeah. of you. Yeah, It's just you, your, your antenna isn't up the right way. You're more closed and protective versus open and receptive. And the commitment and the non-negotiable and all of that took me through the journey of that moment with the crying and the release and the, all of that that was blocking my ability to actually recognize what was right there. And really both of us that night was we were like, okay, that's it. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're getting married. And then we started our journey to have kids, and it was same thing. Like I couldn't get pregnant. It took two years, I had a miscarriage, then I didn't have any eggs left. And then it was like, what was I gonna do? Had to then ended up carrying my wife's eggs and but still fulfilling the dream. The dream was really to give birth, have a baby. And to really keep going and to keep going through so much difficulty and so much heartache. What I really recognized in myself is the kind of power, that real commitment when you're aligned with a goal that has meaning, that has purpose, that's real, like you're going, there's no plan B and I am putting all of my resources into the fulfillment of this not because it gratifies my ego in some way, but because there is some kind of a soul's purpose, something that needs to be birthed mm-hmm. through me. So it's almost like a two-sided commitment, one from me and one from the universe or mm-hmm. from my soul or mm-hmm. purpose. And its I think it's so powerful to take the time to really recognize where you are in your life and which goal aligns for you in that way, because the person you become, then the, all the secondary goals, you have already the, the, the level of commitment. You understand how you can, you can deal with failure and you can deal with setbacks and you can deal with heartbreaks for those smaller goals. And it all relates. And so it's been such a profound experience for me. And there've been quite a few, where I've been able to tap into that. And so when I coach people now, when I work with the groups that I work with, I'm really working on having them find that, that they're willing to, you know, it's a very vulnerable place to go too. Yeah. Yep. And, but it's, you can find it. And then coaching people through the accessing of that power. And I think oh, so many questions. So
0: <laughs> I love this story. I'm so happy for you. That's just absolutely Absolutely beautiful. And I Mm. think, I think most often the one in terms of that real, that person we have a real soul contract with in so many ways, we recognize them right away. But in so many other ways, they don't look like we thought they would Uh in whatever form that means. Uh So it's just, it's just when we surrender and say, I remember when I really, really gave up my list. Of what uh-huh. I wanted in a partner and, and surrendered what my personality wants. And I said, okay, God, okay, universe, okay, higher self and soul, you know best what most aligns with my soul and what I, mm. what really, what, wh- where the real sacred contract is mm. help us find each other. Because I think when we get attached to what we want versus what's most aligned for us, uh-huh. we can often draw in the things that aren't for our highest good or, or not draw them in at all. And uh-huh. so it's, it's it's an interesting dance because I truly believe the best way to get what you want is not to want it, uh-huh. but you have to be intentional. So can we unpack that a little, Patricia, like the, Because from when I hear that, when I hear that, it's all about attachment, right? But I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit, that distinction.
1: Well, I think it's such a fine line, right? Because which where I was going in the first sense was this kind of lack, right? This lack mentality, this attachment to there has to be somebody. There wasn't. Let's see how I can say that. That there had to be uh, somebody to fix me or complete me or Kick me. Right. And all of that mindset is one fear based to wondering if there really is that person. Right. Because part of the fear is, oh my gosh, I'm not enough to attract mm-hmm. someone that I really want. Right. So the fear just gets so loud. And then what we tend to do is just struggle, struggle more right. because we're more scared. So we do More from the physical sense, but spiritually, we are getting more and more out of tune, out of alignment. So I I think what happened there and part of what I really work on a lot with people too is really coming to that place of letting it go, but also finding within that feeling like what I kept rehearsing and what I kept living into and what I kept kind of, turning the volume up on within me was this feeling of a joy or a gratitude or knowing it's already there, right? Right. There was a so it kept muting. The fear kept dissipating as I kept envisioning and feeling into what it is that I actually really wanted, which is this feeling of being with that person, that felt like a fit for me
0: versus,
1: oh my gosh, is that guy cute? I mean, you know, you know how we all know what that feels like when you're like on a dating site or you're like out at a bar and you're just like, oh my gosh, is somebody going to pick me and do they (laughs) like me? And you're not even worried if you like them because you're so Absorbed in, like, oh gosh. And it's just, it's the worst. That's the t- most torturous part of life, I think. Yes, <laughs> it, that
0: part. It awesome. is. <laughs> and I really want to, you know, highlight and, and say and paraphrase what you're saying. It's like when we know it's already done, mm-hmm. it becomes intentional versus a want from a place of lack.
1: Mm-hmm. And that
0: requires such faith and such, such surrender. So So much, so much. What's the difference between being intentional and being attached to what we want?
1: Well, I think intentional is really, for me, when I think of intentional, there's an alignment with a source, with a source energy, with an energy that's greater than just my ego of wanting, right? I am going to, use, I, I'm intending something goes a certain way. I'm, I'm putting myself in this place where I say, okay, my, I know that my choices and my thoughts and my words and my actions, they all have a consequence, right? I'm, there's a responsibility that I'm taking there. And instead of just going, Oh, well, where will it go? Or where will it go? Or do they like me? Or is it going to work out? Like a lot of fear, a lot of questioning, that stress, that level of like, oh my gosh, that lack mentality is exactly what I think keeps us from actually achieving what we want. Mm -hmm. So that intentionality, there's a little bit more Faith in there. It's not so fear based. Yep. And attachment is like, it has to be this way at this time, and it has to be the list. Yeah. And, it has and if to it's not, like there's something
0: wrong with me. And yes. I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And if it's not, so the attachment is to so many things. And I think there's another level of surrender, obviously, too which is just like, okay, I surrender totally and completely and whatever comes my way. I know that this is meant to happen. I know, but I think that's, that's a little higher level than I'm at these days, right? That's like, (laughs) that's like, you know, God's will, not my will. You know, I do that too. Like there's a practice of surrendering. Mm I mean, the best thing for this situation happen, made the best thing, but there's still like, you got to pray and move your feet. Yes. Right. You have to actually get, once you get inspired, you actually have to take an action Yes, and that action needs to have intention, right? I intend this action to work out. I intend that when I do this, there will be a positive result versus, Oh my gosh, I hope this works out. And I don't know if it's going to work out, but I'll do it, but I don't know if it's going to work out. Yep. Oh my gosh. And what if it doesn't work out?
0: Yep. Yep, there's so much fear that comes in that and I think there's a couple things I myself have done. I see a lot of people I coach or work with and that call into the show they there's when when it comes to pursuing a goal, one they sabotage it, two, uh-huh. they say they want it but then kind of get into that multitasking world of, Uh, uh I want it, but I don't know if I'm really worth it unconsciously, or I don't, am I really willing to do what it takes to receive it? And so Uh I say I want it, but I'm going to focus, I say I want a relationship, but I'm going to focus on work. I say Uh I want to figure out work, but I'm going to just focus on my relationship or whatever it may be. So there, there's that. And then I just think that there's that, that place of um, just being almost paralyzed with, I don't even know what to do in terms of Uh an action step forward. So let's talk Uh about that one a little bit. And let's use, since we've talked about relationships a lot, let's use career and purpose. Uh Uh Someone really feels like, I want to do something that makes an impact. I want to get out Uh of my soul-sucking job, but I need Uh the paycheck. I want to do something where I can make an impact. What's the step they can take? How can they be intentional about it and really put to practice everything you're sharing here?
1: Well, I think... I think we all are designed to make an impact when, and the way that we can really find what that is, is, you know, we always, I think, I'm interested to know what you think about this. I think we always tend to serve, I shouldn't say always, but I actually do think it's quite often we tend to serve where we've had to go through our own pain, right? Because we have compassion for those people, we have empathy for those people. Mm -hmm. And I think often, people are afraid to go there because they think that that's their weak spot or that's their hurt spot. And it's not their like superhero power strength, unless they've really gone through something and are already on the other side. Mm -hmm. So we have to really think about what is it that that either we get really upset about or something that we really can understand and relate to so that we actually can guide people or really have that compassion for a group of people that moves us in such a way that we tap in and activate that kind of superhero power. And I think for me, how that turned out in my life was, you know, I was very overweight as a kid. I, you know, I say I was very overweight, but I wasn't that overweight, but my mom put me on a diet when I was at eight Mm. eight years old, right. And weight watchers and weighed me. And I just had this thought at like eight years old, I call it, I was got under the spell of unworthiness, right? Self-objectification. My body is everything because when my parents put me on the scale, they weighed me and like their fear just put me under a spell. Then they took me to diet doctors. And so a lot of my young adult life was very overweight, eating disorders, just a lot of discomfort about my body and worried about, you know, thought my body was my my social currency. And so I got into fitness and did very, very, very well. Great career sponsored by Nike aerobics champion, uh, best in New York instructor years after year after year, like what you would consider a very top top level successful career. But I was really in a lot of, um, just a lot of self-objectification, a lot of pain, a lot of boring, like, what do they think? I'm never thin enough. I was really using unsustainable means, drugs, uh, crazy dieting, exercising like eight hours a day because I had so much fear of not looking right and then losing my career. And there Mm. was this point where this, um, I was doing a TV show and the producer said, um, basically after a year, it was a live TV show every morning. And he said, you're gaining too much weight. And I just went into a spiral and found myself buying crystal meth as a diet aid. And I just thought, okay, this has gone too far. I am not a drug addict. Like, this is what's this is what I'm doing. Like, I am going here for who and for what. And here I am. I'm not only deceiving all these people that I am say preaching wellness and diet and exercise is the answer. I'm part of an industry that's also preaching this. And now we have millions of people who are dieting and failing, and one tenth of one percent of people that go on a diet fail. And I'm part of this puzzle, and I'm failing. So there must be something wrong, not with me, but with the recipe. And it kind of was that moment. That it was that moment of clarity where I was like, okay. This is not, I'm not broken here. This actually doesn't work. And it was that clarity where I said, okay, I'm not going to go back on the treadmill. I'm not going to do these extreme things anymore. I'm actually going to look into what's missing in this conversation and be a part of the solution. And so what happened was I was able to take like my lowest, lowest point and say, you know what, I'm not the only one. And I'm putting a stake in the ground to find an answer, not just for me, but for millions of people who suffer with the same problem that I suffer with. And so I think when we find those things, when we find those things that move us deeply and then we want to move, let's say you have a a nine to five and you're like, I want to do, uh let's say, I, I don't know, yoga teacher, I want to start a children's program or I want to raise money for, you know, whatever. Let's say you find your purpose and you're in that nine to five. I think the very first thing to do is to really start, start getting clear about why it is so important to you and really start diving into this question. How can I serve? How can I serve? And when you start really asking that question, you really start developing and kind of massaging your heart from this place of compassion, not just empathy of like, oh my gosh, these poor people, but how you relate. There's so much wisdom and compassion. There's so much wisdom where when you have when you understand that person's pain, you actually understand the steps to get them out of it Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So you've got to be brave and you've got to massage your heart and you've got to let yourself feel. And that's part of activating that power to start the ball rolling in this area of change. And when you start to do that and you start to set the intention and you live the question, how can I serve? How can I make this transition? What am I being called to do here? And you really align, you take the time, you meditate, you contemplate, you journal, and you open your mind to receive guidance from your higher self, it it actually happens. Yeah. You know, it, it really does. You just have to do that work and be brave enough to kind of massage those deep vulnerable feelings and actually believe that because you have this pain, you actually have power.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I I think that there's there's so many wonderful insights you gave in that and I I think the key especially what I see as a coach is really unpacking as well the limiting beliefs, the doubts, the old issues that are in the way of you believing you can have that thing because right there's our pain that turns into purpose, but then there's our pain that's our roadblock and our scapegoat and becomes the reason why we think we can't do what we want to do when it really uh-huh. is the reason for it so it's like how do we use our pain and our past as an asset rather than a liability and we we really have to believe in ourselves and know that we're co-creators with the universe so I, sometimes i think one of the biggest ways to be intentional about our future is cleaning up our past and then mm-hmm. and then the future kind of takes care of itself, <laughs> because the things that we start to co-create and manifest, and we're way more clear in our intuition when there isn't the repressed stuff kind of hanging out in our consciousness, and oh, for sure. I won't say it's quote unquote easy, but it's it's a lot easier when we come from that clear
1: space, so yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree, and I think a lot of it, too, is, you know. The beautiful thing about goals and the beautiful thing about when you find the one, the one for that time in your life, right. the one that you're just going, you know, I have to, like, I I, I do want to say too, it's not easy to find that one, right? Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's not easy. You have to believe. And there's, there's work to be done about actually finding that one. But if you're willing to find the work to do that, it's goes back to who you become, right? You're, you're really willing to look at those past issues and say, wow, if I really am ready to start this business and make, have, be of service in this way, I know I have to deal with my issues about being able to deal with business, right, right? right? But you're more willing to, because what's at stake is not just so self-centered. It's not just about me, 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 because that's easy to blow off. But if you're like, those people need me. I am, I'm going to find an answer for those people. Or I, if I don't serve them, there's really people that won't be served because there's really people that I'm the best to serve in this situation. And it's just a massaging. It's a, it's a, it's a training that we have to do on our own consciousness. And I love what you said. So It's really, sometimes we have to go back and clean up all of those things so that we're free from the baggage so that yep. we can move forward. Yep.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. And just to kind of round out the story, you're now married with three kids, correct? Yes. Yes. Isn't that it? Three, two, two, all girls, twins, all girls and an eight-year-old, right? Yeah. Very oh, good. Yes. Wow. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Isn't that amazing? And tell people where they can learn more about you, maybe where they can are you still teaching live or only online?
1: No, I'm still teaching live, but Amazing. I only do it about once a month. And then in special like retreats and events and things like that.
0: Yes. We'll give, give everybody all the details so they can find you yes. and become part of your community.
1: Definitely. I think the best way to find out and to get really kind of information on what's coming up is to go to Moreno.com forward slash 365. And there's, I have a program that I'm going to be launching in January, uh, which is about this one goal, right? One goal, one year, one community, um, really powerful work, but we're going to, there's also a lot of other things. There's trainings for teaching in Tensati. There's a retreat coming up. Um, but probably the best way to kind of get to know me, like to get an understanding of really what I teach about, how, what I speak about is I do daily live streams during the week, 1 PM Eastern standard on my Facebook community page, which is Patricia Moreno Live, L I V E. Uh, That's a great way to kind of like, just get to know me where we can kind of date. You do it every day. I do it every day. Oh my gosh. That is commitment. <laughs> that is commitment. Let me tell you, it really is. But it really does fulfill that element because I'm not teaching every day. It fulfills that desire yes. to teach. Yes. A- oh, and I, love I call that. that my free service. You know, that's my service. That's my free content. That's what I think people deserve to have access to really high level information like this. And it should, there should be free resources. And so That is what I consider my act of service. I love Um, that. Yeah. And so, and it's a great way for people just to get to know if we vibe together and if you want to go further and always Instagram, Patricia Moreno 33, all the typical channels. uh, Love to see people there as well. Love
0: it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do in the world and really inspiring people and empowering people to not only go for their goals, but really live their dreams.
1: True. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be with you here. My pleasure.